Hello, this is Linda Vetris Nichols, and do I have an amazing person to introduce to you, Sophie Jacobs. Welcome, Sophie. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for inviting me. Excited Absolutely. to be on. Yay. Great to have you. Mm -hmm. All right. So you have a super interesting story of transformation. It's really quite wild. And <laughs> a lot of it just recently happened in the last few years. So fill us in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's hard to like, sometimes know when to start the story, but right. I often start it at the point right before my house burned down. So Whoa. yeah, I graduated college right during the pandemic and came back to my mom's place to, to finish up graduation. Um, I was doing school online and then um, I lived there for another couple of months after graduation, just figuring out what I was going to be doing. I ended up um, joining a startup. And while all that was happening, um, we were having one of the worst years of wildfires in California. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And in August of 2020, um, there were multiple dry lightning strikes in the area, which caused a lot of different fires in neighboring counties. Now, none of them were extremely close, um, but it kind of like left us all on edge. And I was home alone at the time. I received a dead bird on the doorstep that day. And for some reason, that sort of signaled something to me, like an omen. And I yeah. it. And when I was walking back into the house, there was some sort of knowingness or a feeling tone of oh no wow like, as if life life was being drained out from under my feet and so thanks yeah so later that night I suppose I had an intuition a knowing to just leave so I yeah. left with um, my two dogs and kind of just took a backpack with me and never came back. And I heard the next day, a couple hours later, after I left, the whole house was just decimated. Uh, uh, a fire NATO actually went through, just like ripped through the whole property. And, um, you know, a couple people on my street even died. Wow. And so that experience really brought into focus my life and right. kind of distilled to me like what what is it that you want to do with your life life is precious uh -huh. and not only is life precious but something just happened here something yeah. just happened in which your own body communicated something to you that saved your life what is mm. that what so is cool. that <laughs> and so <laughs> hello it was just like it became this fascination of like what was it within me that knew yeah and there you go that kind of became the 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 guiding force of my life without even having the language for it and um that brought me to kind of recenter what my priorities were which was kind of I really wanted to focus on my spiritual life so I actually went and studied and lived at a Buddhist monastery for about a year. Wow. I ordained as a nun for three months. And during that time, it, it became even clearer that, <laughs> you know, 
this sort of intelligence within this sort of discernment was really important when we're on a path of awakening, so to speak. Yeah. Really important to distill what's true for us and to cut out kind of the noise. Um, So that became a major theme. And then, you know, one night while I was on retreat at the monastery, this thought just landed in my head three times, which is, I should write a book about intuition. And a lot of times, like, it's hard to say when a thought carries a certain weight and when it's just a thought. Mm -hmm. For some reason, the fact that that thought came in threes and there was just some particular energetic resonance to that thought. Right. Um, And I was quiet enough in my own being, being on retreat, um, that I could hear that that lingering calling within the thought to just inch maybe one centimeter closer to that reality yeah it was just this huh I wonder what would happen (laughs) if I did that that's kind of silly but curiosity and creativity (laughs) (laughs) I wonder I wonder I wonder and so Really, what started out as a series of journal entries around intuition, around insight, around knowing, became not just a book, but my life. So I dedicated more than a year of my life to this theme that's almost like unspeakable, but and and ethereal and immaterial. And yet it had such a, it had such a force in my life. And that's kind of right. the momentum that, that um, my, my life is taking me now. And that is so cool. Yeah. So I wrote a book and it's called the intuition experiment because all of this was experimental. So yeah. a lot of times, you know, memoirs employ a backwards looking approach. Well, in my book, I actually, everything is in real time. Yeah. Um, only parts of stories that I had written in my childhood were in past tense, but this experiment took a real time approach because I really wanted to share with people that I didn't have all the answers. Yeah. But I was very, uh, very earnest in exploring them and not to come into any sort of conclusion about them, but to really just explore it for myself. Um, So that just felt important for me to bring in that aspect and that, that style of writing for people to maybe have more of a relatability with it rather than feel that someone is telling them how they should know, how they should um, gather their own sort of wisdom. So, right? yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Much needed right now. And so many people have awakened and come in touch with, um, you know, that part of themselves and are moving forward with it and awakening even more, which is super exciting. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, there is a different energy. Um, I call it the energy of the new world. And, and um, hmm. it's very powerful to be in touch with that piece of you. So thank you for the work mm-hmm. that you're doing in the world. And also, Sophie, just on a personal level note, whatever the word is, um, you weren't raised to like, in the church, if you will, you weren't raised with even a 
much of a spirituality or or you were raised more with spirituality you weren't raised with religion how do you describe your upbringing that way and and then you didn't like join the catholic church either because you said none mm-hmm. but you were with the monks and mm-hmm. so just fill us in a little bit more on that piece of you absolutely so yeah you're right i did not grow up religious my mom was a religious studies major so she did have an interest in religions but almost from like an a looker uh an outward looker perspective sure Um, and I mean the only time I remember us going to church was at the universalist unitarian I think I'm saying that right (laughs) And, and what I remember is watching Cox New Groove which is just a movie and playing memory game and eating donuts so oh funny you know, I mean, that's kind of the impression that that experience left on me. So I, okay. I don't really remember having any sort of conditioning or background around religion, only that I grew up in an environment where academia, where science was really um, almost reified, like a religion. And right. in that aspect, um I was implicitly taught to kind of look down at religion or to like see religion as like, oh, well, wouldn't that be nice? Uh. Wouldn't that be like, you know, just it's, I've always kind of growing up related to it as like a kooky or um, misguided thing that humans do. Right. And, um, but, but, you know, my own kind of path, kind of wouldn't let me um continue denying spirituality right exactly yeah Mm -hmm. I love that so yeah I mean I grew up not having the language for what I was connected to and what I was thinking and experiencing but the more I lived my life the more yeah. I realized oh this is there's something here and there's yeah. something that needs to be explored and I mean it ended up being yeah. that I went to a Buddhist monastery um though really my aspirations were for like mental cultivation through meditation and learning about kind of the the Buddhist philosophy and teachings I was less inspired by the the form and the institutional religious aspect of it. Although sure. I just wanted to have the experience of what is it like to really commit <laughs> to yourself in religious life. I've never had that yeah. experience. So let's just go for it. Yeah. You had started living at the level of your soul and the soul is here to experience the experience. I just think that's so cool. And we were just chatting about Desmond Tutu and uh, his friendship with the Dalai Lama and how they, you know, came actually got to see each other in person again and oh it's mm-hmm. just so beautiful oh. on netflix we, oh, you remember the name of it so many times i think it's something about joy yeah it is oh dear can't think right now but well there was cool. like a, there was a joy summit and then they oh yeah had this screening of the film for free for like 48 hours and they had different workshops it was this like huge thing actually dr z was the one who shared it with me the really shared the global joy summit cool that's how i saw the film and yet <laughs> right really i really appreciated um a lot of camera time with uh, desmond tutu's daughter to get mm-hmm. that aspect of him 
-hmm. yeah. And those, <laughs> she's like, yeah, those two get together and the eight year old boys come out. <laughs> yeah. That was a riot. So funny. Right. You and they're so it. Yeah. And they're see it when you see them interact. It's like, it's hilarious. It is a riot. And uh, yeah, talk about like coming from completely different religions and backgrounds. And, you know, one was dirt poor, Desmond Tutu, and <laughs> in South Africa, and, and the Dalai Lama's living in this really, you know, rich, um, what would it be like a temple but it's like yeah. a castle <laughs> idea yeah uh, and oh yes so much and they their stories touched each other so deep mm -hmm. yeah it's a worth a lot okay so then the idea of entanglement of intelligence what would you say like a definition of that is where'd that come from in from your background um or where you're at I, now? I would say where I'm at now that this as this idea of entanglement of intelligence is really just getting at the idea that um, intelligence is a living, breathing thing, and it connects us to life itself. Life itself is connected. Yeah. And so there's many streams of knowing. Okay. I think we in the West at this particularly particular time and place have been brought up to uh, specifically focus on like cognitive knowing rational right. knowing mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with it at all yeah. it's just that when we're only given one form of knowing and told that that's the highest form of knowing and told that that's the only form of knowing right um, that matters yeah. then we've started to really disconnect ourselves from life actually mm -hmm. and yeah, it's actually I think one of the roots of how at uh, the level of consciousness that we're at in the world right now um we're trying to solve kind of this whole climate crisis with the same level of consciousness that views intelligence in one way that it's the same level of consciousness that that caused it Right. So I, I really think what's needed is actually like a reorientation to what, what does it even mean to know something? Nice. Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, this has been so juicy. Thank you so much, Sophie. I really appreciate it. Oh, I, I appreciate sharing it. It's so <laughs> cool to have the platform. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, this yeah. has been great.